I mean, it's not what it used to be. Like, I didn't go on with any sort of agenda. I didn't need money. I didn't need career. I didn't need... I was just like, this is this will be interesting. I'm going to be myself. And so, like, I didn't care if I got fired or any of it. I mean, I started caring more, but that first season, I really didn't. And then I had a lot of time on my hands, so I think, like, it kind of was the perfect storm for me to come up on season 10. But, like, in general, I think that now, you know, there's a million reality shows, and everybody wants to be on one. They think it's going to make you have a big Instagram follow and like get rich from that and it's just not the same environment that it used to be welcome to cocktails and gossip the podcast where we drink cocktails but you better believe we're going to spill the tea we chat reality tv celebrity blinds and the hottest tea from bravoandcocktails.com and as always it's all alleged and just for fun we do not verify our blinds. I'm B. And I'm Amanda. Let's get into this week's tea. What's up, cocktailers? Hey, everybody. We're so excited. This week, we have a special guest. We have Megan King. Hello. Hi, Megan. Hi. Thanks for having me. We finally We're meet. So- we finally meet. I love Megan. She's she's one of our favorite housewives. And we miss you on our television screens. And we want to know what – I know you're working. I know you're a busy lady. What projects are you currently working on that where our listeners can catch you and all that kind yeah, of stuff? Yeah, so – so I recently launched retreats for women, women's growth retreats called Gaia Haven Wellness. So I'm doing a day treat, which is just a retreat for the day at the Lemeridian in St. Louis, Missouri on August 24th. And tickets are available at GaiaHavenWellness.com or on my Instagram, Megan King. Amazing. I will link that for you guys uh, in my in an Instagram story. Thank um, you. So that you're able to to find her that way. I love it. So we saw you recently on Watch What Happens Live, Megan, and you, uh-huh. whenever you make an appearance, you keep the people talking, which is what <laughs> makes you such a great how made you such a great housewife. So you made a comment, which I found mm-hmm. very funny and accurate, about okay. really reminding you of Brooks. Yeah, it's like you just kind of get that vibe, you know. And like, then J- Jen Aiden came out, and now you guys are kind of going back in your stories with each other. Well, I I saw that. So, like, I just did a podcast with a live podcast with Zach Peter, and he asked me on stage. We were at the City Winery in New York, and he asked me on stage, well, what do you think about the comments that Jennifer Aiden said? I didn't know who Jennifer Aiden was, and I wasn't being rude. I just didn't know. And I, I have, like you said, I'm busy. I have three little kids. I'm a single mom, like... I travel a lot. I'm trying to start a new job selling private planes. I'm busy. I don't have a lot of time to watch TV. And when I do, I can promise you it's not going to be any Real Housewives of anything. It's going to be like <laughs> some good shit. And so, <laughs> so I just didn't know who she was. And so um, then, you know, um, I was in the car going to the airport yesterday with Zach. And I was looking at my Instagram. And that's when I saw for the first time her, her response. And I was like, wait a minute. I think I do know who this person is. I think that we had texted before, like DM'd. So I go to her page and I looked at the DMs and I was like, well, this is ironic because she's asking about her dating apps for her sister. So like, she's literally like asking me for advice on the thing that she's trying to dog me on. Which, like, right. I, I just, she, is it worth repeating what she said or no? Like, I don't just care. for anybody who might not have heard what she said, just to catch. Think, what what would she say? About Something about my track record. Or, I Something shouldn't talk like about that. Teresa. Also, like she said, "Oh, I wouldn't Teresa. take advice." You and then in her story, she's like, "You should take advice on men from me." And then I guess a lot of her followers were giving her flack, like, "Why would we take advice from you? Because your husband cheated on you." Because then she did another story, and she was like, "Well, yeah, but we've been married twenty-one years, so take advice." From me and I was like this is this is going nowhere fast I don't think I'm really actually giving advice to anyone I'm literally just making an observation and I'm not trying to give dating advice I'm not trying to tell to Teresa to like break up her marriage or anything I just am making an observation that Louis looks seems like a complete narcissistic slimeball well what's interesting too and what we mentioned on here is that Andy has been asking everybody that comes on their opinion on Louie, which is kind of oh. odd. Like, okay, Jersey stopped filming a couple months ago. 
obviously a lot of people online are saying exactly what you said, that he seems like a narcissistic slime ball. Uh -huh. Why does Andy keep asking people? Probably because Andy doesn't like him. Okay. See, because you would know better than us because you actually know Andy. Right. So is it like I mean, Andy's trying what, to turn my, the audience on him? That's what my intuition tells me. Like, I feel like Andy, he's he has his, you know, he's still human and I think he plays favorites. And so uh, he probably feels protective of Teresa. I think that he really respects and loves Teresa. And I don't know if, I don't know, I'm not putting words in his mouth, but I would assume that people who respect and love and honor Teresa are probably a little bit concerned about this man kind of coming in, taking over her life and changing relationships that she's had for ages. And so, like, that's just coming from a place of love and concern, probably, you know. I, I agree with that. Do you know, do you know, Teresa? I'm sure you've probably met her over the years kind of thing. Right? I've never met her. No, I've never oh, met her. Oh, okay. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, but like everybody else, she's a public figure, so... You made he you were asked and you gave your opinion and yeah. Jen Aiden and if anything again she's on her stories and in my head I'm like if that were me if I were Teresa I'd be calling her to be like hey can you stop talking about this because like here we die. are talking about right here we let are talking die. about it all these but, weeks later <laughs> I mean I like I understand Jennifer Aiden and where she's coming from too like it seems like they're very close jennifer and teresa i'm not sure it seems like they are and yeah it seems like she's coming to the defense of her friend i don't think that there's anything wrong with that i think it seems a little catty and a little desperate and a little thirsty to go after a, a former real housewife who was only on for three years and hasn't been on in five years and that's how you're trying to stay relevant like it's, to me it seems a little you know reaching but at the same time it's like i hope i'm wrong i i don't i don't want anyone to be unhappy like there's right. nothing more in this world that would make me happier than to be proven completely wrong. I just don't think that that's going to happen. I'm with you. And I think yeah. most of us are there. Yeah. And it definitely seems like even it's Andy. It's sad, you guys. I'm a fan of Teresa. I'm a fan of women in general. And I want to like support women and, and like Jennifer, you know, it sounds like she's probably going through something. Who knows? I could be off base here. Maybe she's just, she's doing the entertainment world thing. I literally couldn't care less i'm not affected right. by this but like i want Teresa to succeed like she's a badass absolutely and would so you said you've been off for five years i it's it, time flies because i didn't realize yeah. it was that long would you return i think it's been five years yeah i i don't know i mean i don't think so at this point like if if i was living in the city you know and they came to me and all i, I could couldn't didn't have to change anything about my life I would do it and also money talks right but I'm moving on in my life my kids are getting older they're recognizing that I'm a public figure it feels a little icky to me a way I don't really want to raise my kids but I'm not sure yet I'm still trying to like navigate this whole thing but I started selling private planes and charters and so I'm getting into that industry sh shifting careers and trying to like be a little bit more behind the scenes but I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting old. <laughs> we all are. But it's interesting that you, you make that point because you didn't have, you had your stepchildren on the show, but you didn't have your own children on the show. And it does My affect Aspen your was. decision. Oh, she yeah, was. Aspen that's right. She was a baby. Yeah. As a baby. My, right. Mm -hmm. Which is, I think, very different than school age yeah. children being on a reality show. Right. Because a baby is just like an babying. accessory. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, cute baby. But yeah. A school-aged child who, you know, we've seen housewives make their children their storyline. That's when it starts to get a little... Well, and how could it had... then? Like, if you're a housewife and you don't work outside the home, that is your life. That's your storyline, right. you know? Right. I mean, have you had negative experiences? Like, have the kids had negative experiences associated with you being a public figure? Is that kind of partly why no, you have this no. motivation? That's good. Not in... No, no, not directly, but peripherally, yes. Like people have talked about like where my kids are going to camp on public forums or like, oh. you know, the creep, little creepy things like that. Like my children don't understand that or how that affects them, but I do. And so I'm trying right. to like mitigate that before it turns into something. Do you get approached when you're with I your do, kids? I do. Sometimes the other day I was at the mall and the, the person checking me out recognized me. And after that, my daughter asked me, mommy, are you famous? And that was interesting because she had never, you know, thought that before. And I'm like, well, I, what does famous mean, honey? She's like, right. 
So, you know, what does that mean to her? That's what I'm trying to get at. Cause I know what famous means to me, but like she has a six year old brain and her world is very small. So I don't want to give her too much. I want to protect that little baby while I can. Right. For sure. So again, I can't believe it's been, it, it does. I mean, we love seeing you on watch what happens live. You look amazing by the way. Thank you. What Like, kind of now that you've had a little time away, what would you say you miss most about it being a housewife and what do you miss least? It's easy. I, I don't miss the drama and the being forced to hang out with people you wouldn't normally hang out with and to like have to only talk about those people over and over and over because the audience doesn't know anybody else. So even though your life right. is bigger than the show, your life becomes a show because that's all you can talk about for all, right. all week. And then so I don't miss that. What I do miss is the excitement of being in front of a camera and like having this incredible wardrobe that you pretty much feel like you have to have. Like there's a lot of pressure and doing fun things and like just the high energy in front of a camera. They're all any housewife is ha, is a force, even if she's a one season wonder, she's a force in her own way. And so it's pretty much it's a privilege to be associated with this group. Absolutely. I think are so. you are you in touch with any of the ladies? Yeah, I'm in touch with Heather, Tamara, and Shannon. Oh. Who else? I'm in touch with Alexis Bellino, with Lizzie Robsek on occasion, Kelly Dodge. Yeah. So you basically speak to all of them except Vicky. <laughs> I don't speak to Vicky. I don't speak to Peggy. That's really it. Yeah. Yeah, I just went out with Gina in New York. And I was never even oh, on with her. Yeah. That's fun. But it's like you're in the same sorority, right? So. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I, exactly I would guess, it. I would guess even more so when it's the same city. Like you have a, a kinship with all housewives, but when a housewife like Gina is on your city, whether it's before or after, you know, cause you filmed with mutual people. So there's that. Exactly. Like you have relationships with the same people. So it's like an easier place to start instead of just like from square one, like meeting a stranger, you, you have like a little bit of reference to go from. So you said at the top that you don't watch housewives. So you don't have a favorite franchise. You don't have favorite housewives. Uh, Not really. I mean, I'll watch sometimes if I'm like doing a podcast and I got to get caught up, you know, so I'll like right. get caught up to that. And then when I do that, like when I binge like that to start watching, then I'm like, oh, I can see why people like this, you know? But then ultimately yeah. and inevitably, I just never watch again because, it, you know, it's not it's like not my source of entertainment, but never has been actually. And so you never watched before. Before you were on, you didn't you probably watched when you found out you were going to be on, but you weren't like a fan of it. No, I didn't like I would channel surf and like stop and watch it on occasion, but I didn't know what the, the storyline was or anything of the of the show. But when I got on it, when I got offered the job, I, I bought season nine because I started season 10. I bought season nine on like YouTube or wherever you bought it back then. And I, I tried to binge it. I could, and I was like, I can't even get through this. <laughs> Were you like, what did I get myself into? No, I was like, this will be fun, but like, it's going to be tough every week when I have to watch this. Oh, I like, watch yourself imagine. back. Yeah. Yeah. But then, then it wasn't then. Cause like I was so invested. Right. And so it wasn't, but I actually, it was interesting watching those back when I was on because I, I didn't know what was going on with the other people until you watch it. Do you feel like your experience would have been different had you gone back and watched every episode and like no. really studied up? No, when I went on, I thought it was gonna be friends with Vicky and hate Tamara and like the, it couldn't have been more opposite. And so I don't, I, I really was just walking into this like a chicken with my head cut off. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know who the big players were, anything. And you can kind of, I, knew, I, well, I, knew I think. Was, I knew Vicky was a, a big player. I, so I knew who the big players were, but I didn't know like the relationships is what I should say. I think what's interesting in retrospect of when you came on is you see a lot of times now when new housewives come on any city, they try to buddy up with whoever the longest running housewife is or whoever the fan favorite is, right? So that Mm -hmm. they're kind of aligned with them. And with you, you didn't do that at all. You kind of walked in and just decided who you liked and didn't like based on your, which is how it should be, which is why, yeah, but like you know, 
it seems inauthentic when these girls come on and they automatically just no matter what that housewife does stands beside them because they know that it it could secure them is that are you kind of and i'm not trying to be snarky here i'm truly trying to ask a question are you kind of referring to jennifer aiden and Teresa? Yeah, well, so so Teresa has that with Jennifer Aiden for many years, and now the new girl Danielle was that way to both Teresa and Jennifer. Wait, how and long like, has Jennifer been on? It's got to be four or five seasons, I right? Would say yeah, at least but she's been on I would a little say bit. At least four. Yeah. She's been on a little bit, but from day one, she was Teresa's soldier, and they didn't know each other, right? So I think that that legitimately she liked her. They're both they both mm-hmm. like claim to be old school, which is sort of in my opinion, like saying that they turn their head the other way right. and just raise an their children for bad and behavior yeah, on their husband's uh, parts. And then oh, you have that Danielle. Would be, that would be hard to live like that. Yeah. and that, But this is what's interesting. So you have Danielle come on. And so Danielle is a girl who lives in another part of New Jersey who was on a VH1 show, like a Staten Island girl or like one episode, but okay. always wanted to be on reality TV. And she had this Instagram and the Instagram was all about just trying to get on a reality TV show. So when she gets okay. on, she seemingly has like a very normal husband and a normal life. Okay. So it's not the same. She doesn't live the same kind of life that the two of them live, which is sort of how I see them being connected. But yet she's very loyal to them because I guess she felt like I have to pick a team. Oh, I guess you're right. Which you kind of do. Exactly. Kinda do. I mean, it's not what it used to be. Like, I didn't go on with any sort of agenda. I didn't need money. I didn't need career. I didn't need – I was just like, this is this will be interesting. I'm going to be myself. And so, like, I didn't care if I got fired or any of it. I mean, I started caring more, but that first season I really didn't. And then I had a lot of time on my hands, so I think, like, it kind of was the perfect storm for me to come out on season 10. But, like, in general, I think that now, you know, there's a million reality shows and everybody wants to be on one. They think it's going to make you have a big Instagram following and like get rich from that. And it's just not the same environment that it used to be. And you're not going to get like as famous as you would. Maybe that's why like I m- might be more. I don't know if I'm more relevant than Jennifer Aiden or not, but it kind of seems like it from the way she's reacting. And so, yeah. you, you know, and so like it would it kind of makes me think that like the heyday of reality TV was back when I was in it and not these days. You know, and there is some, there is some talk that people are saying like, is housewives less or people like, it seems viewership is down. I also think that what I realize as like, because I have my Instagram and my website, what I realize yeah. is that people aren't necessarily like I'm a Bravo fan. I like yeah. most shows on you Bravo, right? But yes, but some people like just love the OC and some people mm-hmm. just love Jersey. So what I personally think is I think that Jen Aiden is good at self-promotion. So I feel in her case, you're making her relevant to people that otherwise don't really pay attention to her. Which so, is that's important that like cross yeah. pollination. Yeah. It's a smart Yeah, exactly. That's a good, I'm going to start using that cross pollination. I like that. <laughs> but it's, so like when, she, when you share her to your stories, she probably is gaining 20,000 followers who are OC and not Jersey fans, which is good for her because every yeah, brand I mean, deal she dummy, does right? and everything, it's more clicks for her. It's more whatever. Right. She's no dummy. She knows what she's doing. So yeah. I don't personally feel she's as offended. If anything, like I said, I would if I were Teresa, I'd be like, "Hush up about this. You're making it a bigger well, thing." I don't know because, like, what you're just describing, like, that is no dummy, but it's also inauthentic because, like, it's promoting something like you don't actually really feel that strongly about. And so then it goes it goes back to the original question that you're like, "What about these new girls going on who are producing themselves and buddying up with the OG?" So we're kind of on this like merry-go-round of inauthenticity. And, right. and like self-promotion where like, for instance, Bethany, I don't like she is a self-promoter, but that is authentically who she is. And she right. owns that, you know. Right. And so that's why people connect with Bethany more because she at least she's owning that she's like a shameless self-promoter. But when it comes across as as like, you know, just kind of promoting to promote, it comes across as thirsty and nobody wants that. Right. And I think, I think you use another word, the, the self-producing 
And I think that is the other thing that viewers have really caught on to, right? Is that they're, the housewives are kind of coming on, they're trying to create this like moment, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's all get drunk and jump in the pool or like, Uh let's wear the crazy, like going streaking costumes or whatever, which I think is authentically Shannon, right? Like that I thought was hilarious. But then, like, not every housewife can come on and do that because then everyone catches on. Like, they're trying to create this moment, right? Right. So I think that's the other thing that people are really kind of feeling about Bravo right now and a lot of reality shows is that it's we're starting to get into some tropes here that feel like they get used and reused. And we want to see that authenticity. And I think that is one of the things that all of us have been kind of missing because it's starting to feel just overly produced. And that that is why we, like a lot of us talk about that kind of the heyday of reality TV and mm-hmm. especially of Bravo, where there really was just a lot more of a genuine relationships, genuine mm-hmm interactions, genuine fun. Well, because there right. were no scripts to read, right? So the women, the original Roni women, the original OC women, they they didn't have anybody to say, oh, I want to be like her. Now, if I were joining a show, I could be like, okay, I'm going to be like Sonia with a splash of Megan King's detective skills, with a You're splash right. of Teresa's silliness that everybody likes. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, you're right. I do, you, you know, and, and I do... I do know that with the new New York City, which Megan, I you should definitely watch it because really? it's so good. It's it's really okay. good. They really okay. the casting, and I, I can't say how I know this, but they really took a very long time casting and went through a lot of women. But ultimately, it's very hard to know who's going to go on there and play Perform. a role, you know, right. or who's going to go on and be a Bethany or be a Sonia. So far, we we're only a couple And will there be there. chemistry too? Yes. Like the chemistry between the women is so important. And I think that's the other thing that's just so hard to get. Yeah. I yes. think that's probably why OC, like, uh, well, not just OC, but like a lot of these franchises have been struggling because like, it's one thing to have like an authentic, like group of friends, but then it's another thing to have them be interesting and also good in front of the camera. Well, because we were all sick of Vicky and we were also all sick of Tamara, but when they removed them, they were getting these, it was like a flop after a flop. Mm-hmm. You had Elizabeth Vargas, you had Noella, and it was just so self-produced and so inauthentic that ultimately they went back to the old formula. And I don't listen, OC is better than it's been, but the numbers yes. aren't as their numbers aren't great. You know, Tamara is trying her best, but even I don't and you probably didn't watch, but like this this episode, it was her, Tamara, and Vicky out to lunch. Shannon, Tamara, oh, Vicky. Is this the first one that Vicky's been back on? Yes. yes. The first episode? Okay, got it. So Tamara tried to act like she was being a good friend and tells her that tells Shannon that Heather repeated something about her relationship. And Shannon immediately jumps up, says, I'm mic'd, shut your mouth, goes over to producers, we're not talking about this. So it's like, Tamra's trying to get the job done, but Shannon's a seasoned housewife, and she doesn't want to talk about whatever it is that's going on with her and her long-term boyfriend. And she didn't, and she wouldn't. And we want to see what's going on. We don't want to see you telling the producers no. We don't want to have to guess. People don't want to have to wait for Bravo and Cocktails to post a blind that may or may not be what's going on. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, people want to yeah. see it on TV. We're watching the show. Show us. I wonder if we will. Like, I wonder if that's just, like, Shannon being Shannon and then it comes out. I don't know. Well, we do know they broke up right after the season and now it seems they're back together. Wait, Which... did you... Didn't you... I saw somewhere... I don't know if it was TMZ today or something. It said that like Shannon and her was like caught yelling at her boyfriend's son or daughter at a bar or something. We did. And it also said that Shannon got thrown out. But I was told by a source, and I just posted this today in Cocktail Party. Apparently, according to this person, which again, you have to always take the sources with a grain of salt because obviously this person sounds like they're more fond of Shannon, said that John's daughter, so her ex-boyfriend that she's seems to be back together with, daughter showed up at the bar they were at 
And the daughter never likes any of John's girlfriends, not in the past, not Shannon. And she provoked Shannon and she was asked to leave the bar, not Shannon. So, I mean, now could that be Shannon's spin? You know, that's what she's sending around. I mean, at the end of the day, we also posted last week that Shannon and Taylor were in a VIP, I don't know, one of those suites watching the Morgan Whalen concert. And they started yelling at somebody else who was in the suite with them. Like, they weren't with them, but... Whatever. Whoever invited them into the suite, there were other people there, and they were very rude to them. So this is like back-to-back stories of Shannon out drunk screaming at people. Mm. So it's like whether the daughter dislikes you or not, you're still responsible for your own behavior. So if she has – so apparently the daughter, John's daughter, took a video of her, probably sent it to TMZ. She was like, I got you on video. I'm sending this to the media outlets. It's so Um, dirty. Yes. So the daughter's obviously a jerk, but – Right. Like, I would be reactive, too, if somebody was, like, trying to do that, and especially with a little drink in me. Like, yeah, yes. fuck you. I don't blame her. Yeah, and that's exactly I mean, what happened. I don't like the being rude. Like, to be rude just to be rude, that's never a good idea. But, like, it sounds like that probably wasn't happening. It sounds like she was provoked. Well, and I mean, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I'm sure when people meet these housewives in person – they may say something rude. They may, you know, not everyone's going to be like, oh my God, I love you on the show. People are haters, you know? So really, if, somebody comes, nice. if somebody comes over to me, which I'm anonymous, so they wouldn't, but if somebody come, came over to me and I was a couple glasses of wine in and I'm with my girlfriends at a bar and they're like, oh, we hate your podcast. You're so annoying. I might be like, shut up. They're like, not, I might, you know what I'm saying? They're not going to do that. People aren't that brave in real life. They're only that brave on, on in their ba- mom's basements with their hand down their pants. Like, they're, they're not that brave in real life. They're nice. <laughs> I know that's true, and I'll tell you why. People don't ever say to me in DMs what they say when they leave, like, a review, like a negative review no, on the pod. No. It's like, this person has never DM'd me. No. It's, so, it's yeah. yeah, they're all keyboard warriors. In person, if they see you, the mean people, they run and hide in a little hole. Like, as if they know, <laughs> as if they know that, as if they think you know yeah. that they don't like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's unbelievable. Like the amount of, of hate, like the amount of energy, you know, it takes to hate at that level. It's like, you could get a lot accomplished, you know, if that energy was directed yeah. in the right place. So true. Especially on Twitter. I don't know if you're on Twitter, but I go on there and it's like, makes Instagram look like, uh, I don't know. Barbie land. It's like, uh-huh. <laughs> it's so people on there are so mean, mean just for the sake of being mean. I think, and also I think people on Twitter are smarter than people on Instagram overall. And so they're like, their words cut deeper. Oh, <laughs> could be. So they're be like better writers. Yeah, they're more like, inter- yeah, they're fl- more flowery with their, their like vile delivery. <laughs> yeah. it'll be interesting to see if the same thing happens on threads because you have to have an instagram Instagram. account you have to be more real on threads yeah so i'm curious about that okay so i have a question for you we were talking about brooks at the beginning Mm -hmm. but for you like when did you first suspect like and what was it that like what was it that kind of tipped you off that maybe something wasn't right about this whole cancer story? It was right when I met him the very first night I met him at Vicky's party. The it was like the Mexican themed party. And that was my first all cast event. First time meeting Vicky and Jim's ex-wife was battling colon cancer at that time. And she was not doing very well. And she's going through chemo and, all the treatments and I knew that Vicky's husband our boyfriend Brooks was also going through cancer treatments and chemo and so I was like oh, oh my gosh like here I am entering this brand new show like with these really powerful women who are strangers I'm way younger than them like what are the chances that I would have an ally in this sort of journey on this tiny little cast on the show I just joined and so I meet Vicky and I tell her, you know, I'm very sorry to hear about, you know, your boyfriend and his cancer or whatever. I'm also going through like a similar situation. And then I asked something about like something about the treatment. Like, you know, do you, 
do you go with him often or like how what's his schedule like does he go regularly or is he on a break right now there's something like it was a personal question but it was a broad personal question and her response was very dismissive like so dismissive like normally if you if somebody's going through that you're like oh my gosh i'm so sorry to hear that yeah like we'll have to talk about this later we should grab lunch and discuss like share best practices and like support each one another lean on each other it wasn't that it was dismissive and no response to the question i asked and she walked away and i remember thinking well that was that was unlike any response i've ever gotten what is going on i i didn't think it was he was faking cancer at the time but my my like light bulb went on in my head like pay attention right well it's something that and and those of us who have as as you had very sadly somebody you were close with that was so sick it it brings you together with some, it's something that people relate to each other with and as you said yeah. want to help each other and want to share resources and right. you know mm-hmm. Where, where is she getting the treatment? If you know, if it's such a great treatment, maybe we should look into. Like, of course, that's right. a nat- that, that would be anyone's natural response. It isn't like you were saying. Right. It isn't like you were accusing him of not having yeah. it. Like you know, like so they they definitely played it wrong. So I guess the follow up question to Amanda's question would be: So right from the beginning, you think Vicky knew it was fake? That's that's a harder question for me to answer because I don't personally. I didn't personally know Vicky at that point. I don't right. personally know her at this point. So I don't know her well enough to know what was going on in her head up until that point. But at that point that I'm discussing, I think she absolutely knew that he was not he did not have cancer. But I don't know, you know, the process leading up to that. Right. I mean, I would I was always under the assumption that she like it's, it, I don't believe that they sat at a table and were like, okay, we're going to make up a cancer. I think that he no. led her to believe he had cancer. And at some point she realized he didn't, but probably in her head thought, oh, he's a hypochondriac and he got himself so like, she must've rationalized it for herself because otherwise you have to admit to yourself that you're dating a monster. <laughs> um, I, right. I like, normal I, people I don't lie about that. It's like Stockholm syndrome, but, but it's not because. I, don't, I I think it was just like a case of desperation and she was the victim, but like she was also a co-conspirator. So at what point do you stop becoming the victim and start becoming a co-conspirator? Yeah, totally. It's when you find out somebody did something and you continue to support it. Now you're part of the problem. And I understand that is nuanced because like, it's not just so black and white with, you know, this is wrong and this, like there's other factors can to consider how will your life change if you break up with this person if you expose them for being the liar that they are like you might need some time to process that and you're not going to get it so like which is understandable and relatable but it's also wrong right and also you're currently filming so maybe she's saying like you know what let's just get through filming and i'll address this with him after the fact i certainly don't want this with cameras right. up right Right. And now you have Megan come who blows the lid off everything. I remember watching it as a viewer and being like, wait, no way is this guy lying about cancer. And then realizing, oh my God, this guy really lied about having cancer. Isn't that crazy? It's like, what kind of balls do you have to have to do that? And I think he's just oh. bebopping around as if nothing ever happened. Like, I mean, there's, there is this weird phenomenon, right? Where people do insane stuff. Like that woman in i think was it atlanta who faked Uh her own kidnapping said that she saw a toddler on the side of the road and it turns out like she was yeah carly yeah and like i mean everyone was looking for her b you posted multiple posts multiple and the other thing is like uh, listen we all understand mental health is a problem in this country but at some point like are you not and again, maybe she was so unwell that she didn't realize, but now the next time someone's missing, mm-hmm. we might not share it. We might not donate. We might not because we don't know if it's real. And like, okay, mm-hmm. something should be completely off limits. I myself, I share and I try to keep it to up to two a day. 
because I feel if I put too many, then people won't donate. But followers send me GoFundMes for their friends, for their family. And I don't have a certain criteria, but typically it's illness or a family whose house burned down, something like that. Like I've had people send me GoFundMes to like start up their businesses and stuff, which I hate to say no to them if they're followers of mine, but I just explain, I can only post so many and I I feel that I want to do it to to help people with illness or, or help children. Like that's kind of mm-hmm. what I stick to, right? Mm-hmm. I have no way of knowing. So if if my followers were to donate and then- That's they real bought, or not. Right. And they email me and they're like, this has never happened, thank God. But if somebody were to message me and be like, this isn't real, I know this person, they're just making it up to get money, that would stop me from sharing them, right? Because now I can't with good conscience ask people to donate to something that may or may not be- Right. So, right? So it's like, right. but something should be sacred, right? Like you don't lie about having cancer. <laughs> Yeah. God forbid, it's big karma. Start. I would be like, wouldn't you be worried that you're really going to get cancer? And wasn't he like a Bible beater? Oh, like like that matters. I mean, no kidding. Those are, yeah. I think you're right. I think he did. He sent her, or was it letters of affirmation? I forget. There was, was it Bible verses? I don't. You guys, remember. he's just gross. Like he's a creepy dude. Like he's. I just I feel uncomfortable around him. Or I feel uncomfortable looking at him on TV. Like I just don't like it. And I well, so did her like daughter. I mean, what about Brianna's reaction to him? Yeah. She, when yeah. you, Megan, when you were close to him, I don't know why. But I just got this vibe. Was he a heavy breather? <laughs> like he looks, I don't, I, like okay. he's like a creepy heavy, heavy breather. I mean, he definitely seems like a mouth breather. Ugh. Right. <laughs> exactly. Thank uh, you. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> yes. And what about yeah. so? What about Brianna's reaction to him? Like. What was your opinion on that? I don't, must have I kind don't, of been. Brianna doesn't like him, right? She didn't no. like him at all, and he yeah, said he really disgusting things to her, like "your husband's going to cheat on you," like all like I don't know. I mean, okay. the three of us are mothers, so we know that it's just unacceptable. I understand Brianna's yeah. adult, but you're still her mother, and your boyfriend is saying these awful things. So messed up. Yeah. So, so moving to just other, other stuff from your experience, what trip was the most fun for you to film? Tahiti. It was so fun. Oh my gosh. Oh, that sounds fun. (laughs) So fun. And then we went, we went to Iceland and Ireland when I was on as well, but Tahiti was so, I didn't like Iceland or Ireland, but. Well, Ireland was kind of a rough go. There was a lot of big fights. A lot of fighting. And I was pregnant. Iceland too, oh, though. Pregnant. Iceland, Ireland too. pregnant oh. is not fun because you want to go, you want to have a pint. I know. And then, like, when I was in Iceland, I had my baby with me. And that was yeah. crazy. That was right. Peggy called me out at the dinner and it was, like, a big drama. Is that when she p- closed your lips with her hand? No, that was the first time I met her. What a wacko. <laughs> I thought she was getting lipstick off my face. I was confused. You could see in the clip, and you, I'm sure you know that is us bloggers love to meme that anytime we're like whatever we're like <laughs> yeah, and you you could definitely see you were the you confusion were... in your eyes. Speaking yeah. of trips, if you can share, have you been approached to do a girls' trip, and would you do a girls' trip? Yeah, I would do a girls' trip. I haven't been approached. I asked Andy one time. Um, I texted him about it. Like, keep me in mind for a girl's trip. And that's the last I've heard of it. So apparently, like, he wrote about it in his book that I texted him and asked to go on the show. But no, yeah, definitely I would do it. I, f- I kind of feel like it's going to happen, actually. Uh, for sure. I mean, and- the fans mm-hmm. still ask for you. And now you created this drama with Watch What Happens Live. And I have followers messaging me, like, as these stories are going on saying, B, put it out there. Let's get Megan on a girl's trip with Jen or Teresa. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that's actually a good point. And that would be great. You just have to secure a babysitter for a week. It's fast money. You're on a vacation. What could be bad? I know. So are the trips, are they grueling? Like, is it, are they more grueling than a normal schedule? Yeah, because it's nonstop. And they want to film you, like, when you wake up and when you go to bed. And 
all the things in between. They're gonna have a different outfit, and like you gotta change and you get mic'd up while you're you're like already drunk from the night before. Like it's a lot. Oh, mm-hmm. talk about Sunday scaries. No kidding. And you, and when you were on, and OC is not as like Beverly Hills where they always have their glam squads, but I feel like it was even less so when you were on. Like you oh, girls sure. weren't always all made up and oh, no. like you dressed nice when you went out to dinners, obviously, but you also but wore workout clothes and when you were hiking, you weren't like right full face no, we, of makeup. No, not like it's different. No, I'm not was that there any- girl either. Yeah, I mean, because like again, like your 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 genuine your genuineness, your what I don't know what the word ingenuity. is, your authenticity, genuity, <laughs> all of it, it comes through, and that like I think that's why that's why we like you, right? Because you're Thank not you. you know you're not afraid to ask the tough questions, and you're not afraid to back down. You know, you don't back down when conflict arises, but you're not just trying to make it either. And you know, I think that that's something that we've always really enjoyed. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that you have going on kind of outside of Housewives. So we read in People Magazine at the end of last year that you're making 2023 the year of you. So now that we're kind of halfway through the year, like how would you, how do you feel like your year is going and what do you have kind of up for the second half of this year of you? Well, I think it's been great. Summer's hard with with kids and stuff but Mm -hmm. I've really been trying to dedicate more of like my free time to my children and I've taken them on a bunch of vacations this year we've had a blast and so I feel really good about that and like I've organized my house and I've like kind of cleaned it up a little bit and so it feels really good to kind of like bring me back now that I'm out of the fog of you know like being recovery from a narcissist and I'm feeling clearer. And so the rest of the year, I'm focused on really working my private jet business hard. So talking with like some mentors and different from different companies in Palm Beach in a couple weeks to like, really get that going. And I see that like, I see myself being just like continuing to be um, financially independent and like live a life that I can provide my children on my own without any help. I love that. And so who rent, I guess just rich people rent the jets, right? No, they like, so you can, you can charter a jet, which is renting it, or you can buy the whole jet, which is like, you know, you got to be multi-millionaire, like multi hundreds of millions. What does the average jet cost to buy? I'd say you could get a nice jet for five mil, but you could get a really nice jet for 20 and do most of these people just pay cash or are they financing? <laughs> they're going to be, they're going to pay like, some will pay cash, but like, they're going to try to finance usually at least some portion of it. Like they're smart with their money and they have a shit ton of it. So they're going to do whatever makes them the most money, you know? Right. And it's a write off if they finance it as opposed to just buying it probably. You c- No, it's a write off if you buy it. It's a huge oh. write off if you oh. buy it. Mm-hmm. Imagine writing off a jet and saving money. You can write off 80% of of depreciation this year, and then it's going down to 60% next year. Last year was 100%. Like, it's a a good – if you have the cash flow, it's a good write-off. It's a good time to buy. Everybody call Megan. Call Megan. There's not not a lot on the market. So interesting. And then we want to talk a little bit about your podcast. It's called Intimate Knowledge and Mm -hmm. you get amazing experts and you get celebrity and reality guests. It's a lot of talk about kind of sex and dating. What's some of the best advice you've heard on your podcast that's really stuck with you? I feel like every single episode of my podcast and I ask people this, all the experts, what is the number one piece of advice you would give about sex and it's always communication every single time like verbally discussing exactly what you want what you need what you're interested in what like your boundaries are what your fears are everything like every single time it's communication it's communication if there's like erectile dysfunction there's communication if like there's you know hormonal changes or uh 
for a woman or a man. Like, it's it's pretty. Yeah, I, but I think that's kind of a canned response, right? Not that's not like some groundbreaking news here. But, no, it's not, but it's also hard. I think I think yeah. it's hard if you're in a relationship for a long time or if yep. you're in a new relationship because who really wants to say to their partner like well, it's not it's not you, it's that my hormones are all like you know, it comes it with is. like shame, right? Or yeah. what man wants to say to their wife, you know, I can't get it up. I would imagine woman, that most men that man, hey, I know you're 40 years old now, but like we're not having sex as much and I'm worried that your sex drive is low. Maybe your testosterone needs to be checked because I'm not feeling satisfied as a 40 year old woman, because that's a woman's sexual prime and it is not a man's sexual prime. And no one talks about this and how women won't be satisfied when they're around this age. Why do there's so many divorces? Women start finding themselves. Men go through a little bit of a crisis, like things shift around, around 40 years old. And what we never talk about is the woman and how she's not sexually satisfied yeah do you watch and just like that on hbo the sex in the city i've seen it but it's not my favorite they covered this exact topic so there's a new character her name is seema she's fabulous gorgeous single and she goes home with this guy and he pulls out he's like yeah i have some ed problems so erectile dysfunction problems and she's like okay you know and then they make out a little bit more and then he gets up and he pulls out a penis pump a penis pump mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. and starts using it and then the whole thing is about how like he is not afraid to be like i have my penis pump but then doesn't follow through to make sure that she is satisfied at the mm-hmm. end of the sex. And so then she pulls out a vibrator and he gets pissed off. So, mm-hmm. that so seems they, that's right. where they fizzled out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Also, if you didn't like the first season, the second season is much better. Oh, really? Yes. yes. I okay. think so. it's, it's good. But I think – I just think it's interesting and you're in the same age bracket as Amanda and I um, – and it's interesting when people say that 40 is a woman's prime, uh, if I were to think about that for myself, I also think it's because for me, your children are a little bit older or you're – then this isn't true for all women or right. you're done having children so you don't – I mean, let's face it. When we're young, it's so hard to enjoy yourself and have a fear of ending up pregnant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it's a real, it's a real concern that I don't think – Men, of course, I'm sure men are concerned about if they don't want to have a child, they're concerned about getting someone pregnant, but not the same as we are. No, no, it's different. And even if you're on birth control, we all know people who have gotten pregnant on birth control. So, you know, I think as women get older, whether they have their tubes tied or whatever contraception they use or whatever it is, that fear is gone or like you're past that part of life. So you can really just worry about your your own satisfaction. Yeah. And uh, exactly. That's it's all of that. And it's also that we don't give a fuck anymore. Like we've been through some real life issues, some real life shit, pretty confident in who we are as, as humans, at least more so than when we were you know, college age or something. Right. And and we're like willing to like step out of the box and talk about things that we weren't like we thought were cringy before or and it's not it's just like you you live and you learn and you realize like things aren't that big of a deal right (laughs) we've seen a lot worse than that yeah so yeah no i i told and we see we're actually seeing that on roni one of the girls jessel hmm. am i saying that right amanda is it Giselle yeah, or jessel jessel so jessel. jessel is and i don't think she's quite 40 but she's probably close to 40 and she just went through ivf and had two twins mm-hmm. and she shares with the ladies that she hasn't had sex with her husband since and they're all shocked and and the thing and is, and these babies are are at least one, I think. So right, they're not right. they're not tiny babies, right? So these aren't like newborns, which of course, like you're like, of course they haven't had sex yet. She's, you know, it, they are over but, a year old. But as they're discussing it, 
what they kind of, what she kind of realizes it as she's talking about it with her girlfriend, which is why I'm telling you like Roni has a very authentic feel because there's like these real conversations happening. But what she kind of realizes and says to them in the conversation is like, I feel like because of my struggles having my children and culturally she's Indian and culturally she didn't share it with anybody, not her own mother, no, only her and her husband, because she felt ashamed that she wasn't able to get pregnant and that she had to use IVF. So sex to her became something she dreaded because she wasn't getting the results she wanted, right? Mm-hmm. So now she is saying like she's got to find a way to like it again, to like something that almost became poisonous to her. So there's like women have so many different confusing relationships with sex, I guess is my point. Yeah, yeah. I think men too. I think we all do. And I don't think like we're set up in society to like be successful in that part of our lives. I mean, we have other vital signs that are we watch out for, right? We check, go to the doctor and make sure our, our heart's doing okay. And we exercise to make sure like our body's in shape. And we read to like give our mind some stimulation. We to sleep well, we, you know, eat right. But what, what do we do for sex? We pretend like it doesn't happen. Like it's shush, hush, hush. Nobody talks about it. If there's an issue, maybe it'll go away if we ignore it. And that that's our culture. And it's unfortunate. It sure is. So you guys have to make sure to check out Megan's podcast, Intimate Knowledge. Also, let's mention your retreat again, because I know that we'll have some folks interested. In, and you also do yeah. travel ones, right? So if people aren't yep. located in St. Louis, do you have a travel one coming up? Or will that be on your website? Not right. No, not right now. I'm going to see how this day treat goes first. And then I'm thinking about taking day treats on the road. So the, so my day treat in St. Louis is from noon to five with um, pool party access afterward. We have an incredible swag bag. It's $225 for a ticket. We have a professional coming in to do a women's circle healing meditation. We're doing um, a, a um, succulent workshop, breath work, meditation, and emotional release. Uh, and a mirror exercise, and we're having a gourmet lunch. So August 24th, St. Louis, Missouri at the La Parker Meridian. Fancy. I like it. Thank you, guys. And you can go to, it's GaiaHavenWellness.com to order your tickets or to Megan's Instagram and go to the link in her bio. Megan, thank you so much for joining us on Cocktails and Gossip. It was really a treat to have you, and we hope you'll come back. Thanks for having me, guys. And we want you on a girls' trip. We're putting it out into the universe. Yay, let's put it out there. Yes. I'm with you. Bravo if you're listening. Get get right. our girl on. Hit me. Hit me. All right. Thanks, guys. You're the best. Thank you. Bye, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. Just want to ask you guys a favor, just getting kicked off. So many people have been asking us to do this podcast. So please do subscribe. And if you've subscribed, go to your podcast app and hit those three little dots to share with your friends, but only friends who like good tea, because the ones who don't care about tea, then like forget them. And don't forget, find us on Instagram at Bravo and Cocktails underscore and check out the website because some great tea gets put there daily that would get us kicked off of Instagram. (laughs) So thanks for listening, everybody. Bye, guys. See you next time.